You, you, you are now listening to the Project Kuwait. To the Project Kuwait. To the Project Kuwait. Where we stop at nothing to bring you the right facts on health, fitness, and psychology. Featuring some of the world's most experienced professionals. So you can learn, lift, and live. With your hosts, Meg, Dr. D, and Mehdi. In this episode of the Project Kuwait. Freaking pandemic happens and you can't get out there and do it. You know, things outside of your control. Even, you know, what are you setting yourself up for to help people to stay connected to your clients, to offer them something that is useful to them? So I think they just need to think about that. Are you just going to wait this out and then wait to get back into the gym or into their home, you know, for your clients? Or are you going to use this time to set yourself up to eventually create programs and things, classes? Meditation is what is meditation for you? You know what I mean? Like a lot of people think you have to like clear your mind and think of the bear in the cave and all that shit. And in reality, dude, there are different forms of meditation in my opinion. I would, I would kind of define as that. Like training for me is like a specific skill. Like somebody wants to learn how to snatch, I'll train you. Like I'll show you how to, yeah, follow instructions and, and learn that skill. Coaching, for me, the realization I'm coming around to is it's not past-based at all. It's very futuristic. 100%, yeah. Anyways, guys, we hope you enjoyed the episode. All this and more in today's episode. In this episode of the Project Kuwait, you're going to hear from Meg and Maddie. About the goddamn coronavirus. <laughs> What's up, Meg? <laughs> that was so dramatic. I know, right? <laughs> I was like about to take a sip of my coffee and I was like, wait, this is this is dark. <laughs> yeah, so what's up, dude? US. It's a good got... announcer voice. <laughs> That's why they hired me at Flair, man. <laughs> I got that shit legit. All right. I was fucking running. I was running wind sprints up and down the comp floor at Flair. Dude, like seriously, I was into it. I felt like I was like in some NASCAR WWE shit. All right. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was an okay competition, but yeah. That's awesome. I would love to see a meme of that, of like what Maddie thinks he's doing and then what he's actually, <laughs> what he's actually doing. really doing. <laughs> it's like I'm walking around, I'm trying to make jokes. In that scenario. <laughs> and no one is laughing except for this one group of ladies, right? And I'm like, don't throw your Cheetos at me. And the lady throws the Cheetos at me. So I'm like, she just threw a Cheeto at me. Someone grab her. They're cracking up. No one else. It's like dead silence. And I'm like, shit, yeah. this is bad. <laughs> Let me just keep They walking. like think you're serious. <laughs> I know, dude. There was only a handful of people that actually understood most of the jokes. So it's all good. Oh, man. That's hilarious. But my best was the one that no one understood. It was like... What was that? Ladies and gentlemen, please assume your seats and put your chairs in the upright position and stow away your tray tables. And no one got it. <laughs> like a flight. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> no one got it. And I was like, really? Yeah. Like That's because they're not listening to any rules when they're on the airplane. As soon as everything <laughs> is on that plane, nobody does what they're supposed to do. I know. It is so true. <laughs> that is so true. It's These guys kinda, are the worst. <laughs> dude, it's kind of like the whole Corona thing. Like no one's listening to the rules most of the time and they're just doing the shit they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same concept with working out. I mean, it's the same concept where people just do the shit they want to do and not the shit they should do. Right. But give me the results that should come from the, <laughs> I know. you know, the other thing. I it, want the results, but I don't want to do any other work. It's like we do all the things that we like. We like to eat cake. So we eat cake and then we wonder why <laughs> we're not getting the results we want. It's the same thing with like people that like to squat all the time. It's like, dude, yeah, your body's going to adapt to it eventually. If it's too varied, like too different, too drastic, 
you're not going to see any changes. And if it's too much of the same, you're not going to see the changes either. You kind of have to find that you want it constantly varied. Yes. But if you're just constantly flip-flopping between programs, you don't ever finish something that you start. Yeah. You're not going to get the results that you're, that you're looking after. So dude, I mean, speaking of programs, I'm sure you've seen a shitload of programs pop up where you are, like on Instagram and whatever else. Everybody has got a program. (laughs) Everyone now has a home workout and a home program. Some of them are really good. Like I will say there are some body weight programs that I saw that were like, oh, okay, this guy's putting up some legit simple stuff that anyone can do, which is awesome. Yeah. But then you have the crazy guy that's sitting there doing like dips on chairs and like push up, clapping push ups on chairs. And it's like, dude, your average person isn't going to do this. Like they're going to see this and they're going to get scared or they're going to see it and try it and get hurt, fall flat on their face. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing for people. So there's a couple of sides to it. For people that are putting together these programs, I think number one, you have to understand who you're trying to help. <laughs> yeah. Know your market. Know who your person is, like get specific, as specific as you can to this person. What are the problems that they're running into right now? What are those specific pain points that they're dealing with? What are maybe their beliefs about fitness and nutrition and health? And, you know, get to the bottom of some of those and really get specific and speaking to that person. Because I think a lot of people want to help, which is awesome. And everybody has their own little community of followers and people that pay attention to them. And I think that's great. But like, know what those people are interested in or who you want to help. So if you're going to be doing chair clapping push-ups, but your favorite client to work up, work with is a postpartum mom, like, <laughs> you know, rethink it, no, <laughs> you know, like go back to the drawing board and think more about what she, what she wants. I think a lot of people are just, they, they know a lot of stuff that they can do. They like fitness. It's made a big difference in their life. So they want to challenge themselves and they want to share some things. And then I think that just kind of gets lost maybe in the message of, of who they're trying to help. But I mean, with everybody right now in the situation that we're in, I think play, you know, like if a chair clapping pushup is something that's exciting to you, maybe give it a try. Yeah, why, yeah, why not? <laughs> but like, but also like, I don't know where you're starting to, <laughs> you, no, you can't no, do a regular no. push up, maybe hold off for a second and just, you know, work on some of those for a second. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. But honestly, from like the coach's perspective or the trainer's perspective, because I think you're right. It gets lost somewhere when the trainer's developing these programs or developing these home workouts that they don't think of the marketing side of it. And I used to work in marketing. That was my job. And I marketed food. And part of that was a saturated market here in Kuwait. So what Mm -hmm. I did is I went back to what worked for Pepsi in 1950 when they were going against Coca-Cola during the Pepsi Coke Mm -hmm. Wars. Which was drawing up your character. Who are you talking to? Abdullah, he's 18. He likes loud music, rap, this, that. Exactly. Then you just gear everything towards him. And I think there's a huge gap in the market right now. And this is to all the trainers out there. There is a ginormous gap in the market for people over 40 or over 50 yes. for homework. That's my market. (laughs) But that's which is funny, but I didn't discover that until. Like literally, I mean, I've been working with aging adults for a while, right? So it seems oral, but I was also working with like postpartum moms. I was also working with like 20 something women, you know, wanted to get in shape or something. Like I had a little bit of everything and that all came just like word of mouth. I never really had a niche. It's always been word of mouth. And I've always just said yes (laughs) to helping people. Like I, you know, someone comes in, they have something. I'm like, and I say yes, because I can, if I couldn't help somebody, if it was outside of my league, like I for sure would recommend them to someone different, but I never really honed in on who I actually want to help and who I relate to really well until kind of now, 
like in the last like few weeks, you know, that's like last year, I've really been struggling with it. I'm like, God, I, I love my 80 year olds. I love my 40 year olds. I love everybody. And just got so hard for me to choose because I felt like if I really picked someone that I was going to start excluding other people. And that's not the case at all. And so it's really funny. The people that have reached out to me the most during this time and the ones that I've been the most motivated to create things for and to help has been this like generation X and baby boomer generation <laughs> that I am just connected with. And I love, and these are the the group of clients that I have. Right now. So it's people that are like, everything is going online and they're like, shit, I don't know how to do anything online, or I don't have quite the skills to connect and, and do the things that I want, or even jump in on an online program because they're afraid they're not how to run it or how to do it. Or maybe they have their own business. You know, there's a lot of yoga teachers, massage therapists and things that are in that generation as well. And they're like out of work and wondering, you know, how can I continue my work and do it online and relate to some people beyond? So that's the, I've been helping a lot of people kick off their online business in that age group specifically. And I would say my ideal customer is a woman, but I definitely have picked up some men. And through that, I've got it nutrition clients now. I've got movement clients. I've got online business clients. Oh, I just picked amazing. up one of my nutrition clients I just got. He is uh, in his 60s. He's recently retired. He's over 300 pounds. He, he was a caretaker for his wife who had Huntington's disease. And she passed away about a year ago. And so he's just spent the last few years of his life just giving everything to caring for her and not a lot for himself. And so him and his two kids actually are joining me in on a program. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, get all of them healthy. Yeah. So it's just like once I finally figured out who my people were, it was just doors opened and yeah. <laughs> opportunities just started coming through. And now I feel like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love helping everybody, but I just definitely feel like I go back to Kuwait, my favorite clients to work with. And it was my people that were nearing retirement age. And they were like, I've spent the last 30 years behind a desk and I feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I want to move well. I want to feel good in my body. I want to travel. I want to that kind of stuff. And that's, that's who I'm focused in on now. And dude, that's the legitimacy of it. I mean, if you take a guy like me, for instance, all right, say I, I didn't do CrossFit and I wasn't, you know, an ex-athlete and whatever, then I think my main goal right now would be to, like you said, move without pain, wake up, not feel groggy, not feel like my shoulders are tight and my back hurts. Because once you hit 60, if that back pain, you know, starts at, a, at when you're 40 and you've got oh, yeah. some crazy imbalance that you don't fix then that's going to linger till you're 62. My uncle right now, he's 62. I used to train him and you know he had complained about back pain. We did a lot of stuff to try and alleviate it. And then it turned into like a sciatica almost where it was like a nerve, a pinched nerve that went all the way down his leg. We're talking three months ago, he couldn't walk. He was in a yeah. wheelchair, literally in a wheelchair. And you know I'd have to hold his arm to go upstairs. And he was just in excruciating pain. And I think... It's just because it leads to that. If you don't correct these things now, it's just going to lead to that. And going back to your point, though, of knowing your market, you know who does a really good job at it? Hey, Shad Han. I think Hey, Shad Han does a really good job at talking to moms. Like she. Oh, I was going to say postpartum. Yeah. And yeah. that's awesome because that's a, a lived experience that she has that gives her a lot of credit in there. <laughs> She's yeah. got an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she does a great job. And that's exactly it. Like she knows who her market is. She knows who that person is. She knows what they're experiencing, what their fears are, what their beliefs are. And she's really trying to help that person. No, that's the thing. I think people get weird about marketing and they think like sales, you know, especially for, you know, some coaches out there, they get, they get weird about it. And it's just, they have 
to understand. It's just sharing information. It's what information do you have that's going to help people? But think about that person that you're really trying to help and you're you're sharing that information. They get weird about sharing their information. They don't want to put it all out there. They want people just to pay them right away. Dude, and that's then... a lack of confidence. That's a, that, <laughs> honestly, to yeah. me, that's a, oh, lack totally. of, that's a total lack totally. of confidence. You got your cat, cat or your dog? No, it's Henry, the neighbor's dog. He's a big golden retriever, but I leave my door cracked open a little bit and he's just I thought you were going to say it was, your, me out. I, it was your neighbor. I thought you were like, oh, come here, neighbor. I'm <laughs> like patting my leg. <laughs> I know. Come here, what? Some weird, all right. I knew you were in the boonies somewhere. I didn't know it was that weird, dude. Like, what's going on up there? <laughs> Shit, I totally forgot what I was. Oh, yeah. So information. Sorry. People who don't share yeah. free information, in my opinion, have a lack of confidence. Which some of the better oh, totally. trainers right now. They feel they don't have anything better to give. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after that. Like oh, if yeah, I give away 100%. something, what else am I gonna do? <laughs> and it's like what I don't understand is right now I see ads, like so many people running ads. Like for us, for our podcast, when I run our ads, I have the ROI in mind. I know what our goal right. is. To me, it's like I don't know if a lot of these guys have that goal of an ROI. Like if they're thinking of a return on investment on what they're putting into these ads they're running. Or if it's that claim to fame, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which, yeah. you know, you kind of see a lot of them doing because they are doing the showboaty shit that is whatever. And someone said to me the other day, they go, so why are you guys posting all these other trainers on, you know, the project, on the project stories? And my answer was like, look, we're a resource. Yeah. When we started this, we wanted to be a resource for trainers and for individuals so that they could find all their workout questions or whatever with us. So we have a coaches tab. So you can see what coaches that have been on our show. You know, I started that on Instagram and I've been posting awesome. the home yeah. workouts, the free gym workouts. I mean, every gym's posting workouts and a lot of them are pretty good, surprisingly. Yeah. The only other thing that I haven't seen yet is why gyms and guys, there's a shortage of friggin' workout equipment in Kuwait. All right. It's like, <laughs> it's like if you have a set of, I know Maddie's had me even tapping into my old network out there being <laughs> like, dude, help me. <laughs> I don't understand how the gyms aren't selling their old shit to buy new shit by the time this is over. Like that's something that I would do. I think some are selling their equipment, but I think there's also, I mean, I know Rogue slowed down their shipments and things like yeah. that as well, even around the States. But I think from what I've heard, I know that there are some gyms that are either renting out equipment to people or just selling their equipment for people. And then when they reopen, they'll get, get new. I get the whole renting yeah. thing. Someone wanted to rent me a friggin' rower for like 50KD yeah. a week. When I did the math, I was like, this shit's probably going to last. a week? Yeah, dude. I was like, this shit's going to last like five or six weeks. Like I would be That's better ridiculous. Off, I'd be better off buying one. You know what I mean? Like you'd be better off just buying one and spending the yeah. extra 100, 200 KD to have it for the rest of your life. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I wouldn't rent one for 50 KD. That's that's crazy. And if you're a small gym, it would make sense to place your order now, guarantee yeah. that it will be here in four or five weeks, get rid of all the old equipment and replenish it with yeah. brand spanking new stuff because you can sell right. You know, a rogue rower to buy here is what, 550 KD. All right. And that's if I order it from the States. So if you're a small gym and you want to sell it for, I don't know, use one for about 300 KD, you know, yeah. or, or even save 350 plus whatever right. other crap you're selling that's already depreciated and has a value of zero towards your business, you're mm -hmm. going to be making money in the long run. But I guarantee you, gyms don't do uh, depreciation. Did you guys do depreciation? We did. We did. Definitely. Did? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. Wow. You ran a tight yeah, ship sure. over there. <laughs> we didn't fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, no, we definitely did. And 
when I was there as well, we were like a warehouse for Rogue, basically. Yeah. Like we had a lot of equipment there to sell, but we would, yeah, and especially around like the uh, fitness events and things like that, we would sell a lot of the equipment, get new stuff in. But we definitely did depreciation figured into our, yeah, our budgeting and, and profits and loss and all that. Yeah. That's pretty you cool. have to. You have to. Yeah, no, <laughs> you got that many people in there a day touching your stuff and <laughs> abusing it. You have you have to account for that. That's why all these motherfuckers are sick. <laughs> <laughs> right. Touching a bunch of dirty shit. <laughs> Seriously. But on, on a serious note, back to the whole designing programs and knowing your market. I mean, I think you hit on a good point when it's like know your market, know who you're talking to. And I mean, I can't help but think if I was a trainer right now, especially during this time, it would definitely be the older age group. But the question is, is how do you get to them too? Because not a lot of them are tech savvy, like you said. So Right, right. So for me, when I got lucky out there getting into that market, it was word of mouth. It was a lot of people that I had known through the gyms and they're like, hey, can you work with my parents? <laughs> and it had started out that way and getting into that circle. So I had gotten really lucky in that aspect. Out here in the States, they're all on Facebook. All the baby boomers and uh, <laughs> Gen X are all on Facebook. And so that's how I'm connecting with a lot of them here. You know, whereas in Kuwait, Facebook's not really a thing. It's no, mostly it's dead. Instagram. Yeah. I would say, yeah, for someone, I, you know, just start with, you know, we talked about this before, like, you know, boots on the ground. <laughs> like, yeah. Start with your friends and the people around you and, and just start putting it out there that that's what you want to do. And I think another way to tap into that is I think that even if they're not on, let's say like Instagram or your media outlet, I think if you start putting things out there, that that's the person that you're helping it, that news is going to travel. They're going to share it. People are going to talk to it. They're going to, kids going to watch it and they're going to think about their parents and they're going to share it with them. And that word of mouth will come around and Kuwait, the word of mouth is fast. It does great. Yeah, it does great. And it's fast. I had waiting lists. Shit's like the coronavirus. I didn't have to, I didn't have to market. Yeah. Did I didn't hear, have to market in Kuwait. Did you hear that one? Shit grows like the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seriously. It spreads. <laughs> spreads just as fast. I mean, we got to laugh about it to some degree. <laughs> but um, what if, you know, trainers w- used WhatsApp? Because, you know, a lot of the older people will use WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- this you know what's is- funny is my dad still chooses to use WhatsApp. He only had to use it when I was in Kuwait. And still to this day, we have like he 's created like three chats like groups in there, like <laughs> oh, one awesome. for me and my sister and him, and then me, my stepmom and sister and him, and then like it 's always like one extra person I'm like can we just have like one freaking group and then he recently got an iPhone and he figured out how to do messages i messages and put a group in there, so now we have a group on whatsapp and i message <laughs> and like I will get them and he won 't commit to one he just wants to use them all and use them both he 'll FaceTime and then he'll video chat and WhatsApp. I'm just like, I don't know where to reach you. (laughs) (laughs) He's so confused. I love it. Dude, kudos to him for at least using it. My dad still doesn't even know what FaceTime is. Like, he's like, what? He's like, I can do video calls on WhatsApp. I'm like, dude, seriously? Like, you can do all that stuff. But oh, he yeah, he loves it. He's funny. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. But yeah, what were you saying? Like WhatsApp, you think? Yeah, like starting a... If I was a trainer during this time, you know, one of the things that I would do is I'd I'd probably shoot a mass message to all of my clients saying, hey, I'm available for online PTs. We can do them through FaceTime or through WhatsApp. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. doing a live video call. That would work versus paying for one of these apps are popping up everywhere right now. Like the BS apps that are just like mm-hmm. workouts and workout groups and whatever. Like, dude, it's just boot camp. You know, it's boot camp, but packaged differently. It's on your phone versus if yeah. you have one-on-one FaceTime 
with your trainer, not only are you servicing him during the time of need, because this is when trainers need it the most, especially self-employed ones, because right now their pockets are hurting. They're hurting real bad. And I think if you ever wanted to do something for your coach or your trainer, it would be like, hey, let me do something online right now with you. That way you can actually still continue to aid in the process of, you know, helping them float their business because it it sucks. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're self-employed right now and you relied on, you know, 20 PTs a a day or whatever, and you're getting zero, that's going to hurt your pocket. I don't know who the hell is doing 20 PTs in a day. (laughs) I could give you a couple names after this show. Animals. Jesus. 30 minute sessions. (laughs) You know exactly that in the chat. (laughs) <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, you know exactly who I'm talking about. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Who the hell is doing that? There's no time for that. One hour sessions? Ah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. These yeah. guys, these, yeah. those, those, yeah. guys, those guys can pop. Yeah, he's out. an he's an animal. He's an he animal. Re- he really is an animal. But you want to talk about someone? I don't want to put his name out here, but you want to talk about someone who is very committed. That second name you put up there, very committed to a, a future goal and an outcome, like. Oh yeah. yeah, he is. He will break his body to to do what he has in mind. But what he has his his end game is big, and I love it. And I think it's I think it's awesome. But he is he'll break himself getting there. <laughs> but, but you know you know what that's they got to do what they got to do. And I don't think at this point in time doing face to face and home calls is smart for you or your clients as a trainer. Because if you do have the virus and you go see, say, five clients in a day or four clients in a day, those are four people you've come in contact with. Those four people will come in contact with four people and it'll yeah. just spread. Versus yeah. if you're doing it online, and I'm not saying the, you know, the client could give it to the trainer also. Oh, totally. Yeah. But FaceTime is just as good, in my opinion. You know, you can still it's, get what you, know, you want out of it. Zoom, I've led um, a class last Sunday. I led a meditation and a gentle movement class on Zoom. And it was awesome. And you feel, and I've always kind of been that person. I'm like, yeah, online, you're not as connected to the people. And, you know, it's not the same. And it was great. And there was amazing discussion after. I've got one of the ladies I'm working with. She does yoga classes, gentle yoga before bed. And then she'll do like an energizing one in the morning. And there's always like a little pre and post group chat, you know, where people are connecting from all over the world. So it's really is a great opportunity. And I think a lot of trainers just need to think about like, are you just going to do what you need to do to get by during this time? Or are you really going to use this time to set you up for what the future of the business might actually be turning into or looking like, like the way to create passive income, like for people who are only doing in person, you are still in that trading your time for money type of a model. And how long again, can you do that? Let's say you get an injury, you get, you have to take some time off a freaking pandemic happens and you can't get out there and do it. You know, things outside of your control, even, you know, what are you setting yourself up for to help people to stay connected to your clients, to offer them something that is useful to them? So I think they just need to think about that. Are you just going to wait this out and then wait to get back into the gym or into their home, you know, for your clients? Or are you going to use this time to set yourself up to eventually create programs and things uh, or classes? You can still do your live classes. You can still do one-on-ones, but then are you going to have something else to offer them that can also help you like make money while you sleep? (laughs) You know, someone can buy a program while you're... (laughs) you know, not there. And then offer them, you know, something in person and live, some kind of human connection behind it. And that's the thing that I've kind of come around to is, yeah, online programs and courses and things that I offer, but there's always going to be an element of human contact with that. Like we are going to have a discussion like this. Like, I'm not just going to let you buy it. And then you never get to see me or hear me, you know, like I want to hear from you. That was our biggest qualm with selling an online program. When We talked about this when we first started the show. And it's just there there are a lot of good things out there. 
Like there are a lot of established things already in the market that if you go up against, you're only going to get, you're going to get crumbs from the cake because all these guys tapped into it beforehand. And yeah, but if you're doing the personal thing where you Uh spend, you can reach out to me like my coach, you know, he Mm -hmm. was on vacation, he finished his vacation. I sent him a message. We've been talking back and forth, you know, ever since this whole quarantine started, I don't know right. what's wrong with me. I can't lift heavy for some reason. Everything feels wow. 50 pounds heavier. Stress is real. <laughs> Stress Look, is real. But, but dude, my sleep is good. It's eight hours a night. My nutrition's really good. I've leaned out because I'm, you know, yeah. I'm not really watching what I eat, but my movement, you know, I'm swimming with DJ all day. I'm outside yeah. playing. I'm working out. I mean, maybe I can attribute it to, you know, doing power cleans and cleans on a hill on a slanted driveway. Maybe, maybe that's affecting it. Or, you know, like you said, maybe it's that hidden stress that it's in my unconscious and I'm just not, you know what I mean? Your body wants to keep you alive. It's going to protect you, honestly. And if if it felt like it had the energy and the capacity to give to those lifts, maybe in that moment, it would let you. Yeah, I agree with that. If it's going to hold you back a little bit, then that's a protective mechanism. I think of, listen, all this other stuff is on point. Let that be, (laughs) (laughs) lean into that, you know, and enjoy that time. And the lifts will, you know, they'll be, it'll come, it'll come. It's still kind of new for a lot of people. And that's the biggest thing I think for people as well, you know, that are getting kind of bored sitting at home as well. And, you know, reaching out for these programs as well is just to there's nothing wrong with just going for a long ass walk too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, or, yeah, you know, break yeah. it up, break it up during the day. Like if, if these, you know, programs overwhelm you and you don't know how to, you know, how to participate or just looks a little too advanced for you. I mean, there's, that's mainly my main form of movement has been hiking and walking. And some days I'll, you know, take a bigger hill and some days I'll just stay on flat ground and I just walk, but I'm trying to get in at least eight to 10,000 steps a day. And it's not all at once. Like I'll do, I'll do a walk in the morning and then a walk in the evening. Sometimes I get it all in at once, but you just, I think splitting it up and that if, even if it's in your house, I just think walking is totally underestimated as a form of movement and exercise. And I think with the elevated amounts of emotional stress that we're all under, maybe financial stress that we're under, maybe some digestive stress that's under, because this is what's interesting is when you feel a sense of security or safety being jeopardized, you start reaching. I don't know what, you, what your go-to snack has been lately, but a lot of people start reaching for the things that brought them comfort when they were a kid. Yeah, yeah. And they start I, yeah. to reach for... Sure, yeah. yeah no, you're right. No, that's 100%. That stuff, that's 100, so. You're 100% yeah. on point with that. It's funny. You'll enjoy this one. I haven't had a poofuria moment since all this started. All right. There you go. <laughs> like, Stress. Yeah, dude. No, and, and <laughs> it's I was real. Tell, I was telling Hey last week, I'm like, dude, I have not like, I haven't gone to the bathroom decently you know, since we kind of moved into our mother's house during this whole thing, because, you know, they have a large yard, garden outside, a pool. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah I just, I haven't been regular, which for me, yeah. you know, I was going through a hot streak of like, you know, being <laughs> regular for like three months, four months. And I was like, yes, I think I've honed in on what I'm doing right. And then all right, of a sudden it just yeah. goes to shit, literally, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, now it's kind of, I'm easing into it. I'm like, okay, fine. You know what? Maybe I need to lay off of the foods that I know irritate me. Like some things with gluten in it. I got to stay away from it. Potatoes apparently don't agree well, which is weird because I love fucking potatoes. 
And hey, you talk about potatoes all the time. <laughs> Dude, I love potatoes, <laughs> Which is man. funny. I'm in Idaho, which I don't know if you know. It's I know. Like Idaho for potatoes. Their potatoes. <laughs> Idaho potatoes, dude. I know. I haven't given you shit about that one yet. I was, sa- I was saving that uh, one for a later date. It's <laughs> on their license plate. It's so funny. Which is awesome. <laughs> but no, you're, you're right, dude. The stress affects so many facets of life. Yeah. And it's just, it, this time sucks. But, you know, you just got to kind of, you got to embrace the suck, too. Like, in my mm-hmm. opinion, I think there's so many people, and Haya said this, I'm stealing her words here, all right, just so you know, and I'm giving credit yeah. to you, Haya. You're giving credit. It's all good. She's yeah. the one who said people are uh, using toxic positivity. You know what I mean? Mm. Because, look, if you want to be pissed off, be pissed off. You want to be sad, be sad. you got to get those emotions out there. If you bottle them up, yeah. it's just going to stress you out even more. So, personally, for me, I just want to give a piece of advice to everybody out there. Don't kick a barbell with your big toe. It fucking hurts. <laughs> did you do that? Yeah, I did that today. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker, I can't snatch. And I just kicked the barbell. I was like, shit, that hurt. Oh, that's hilarious. But there are times where you can embrace the suck. And sometimes you need to embrace the suck. Yeah. And these moments do suck right now. But if you practice the right thing. I, someone put a quote up on Instagram the other day. It was a speech, a commencement speech someone gave, I think. It was a sports one, of course. That's why I paid attention yeah. to it. Where this guy <laughs> said, every day I laughed, I thought. And I cried. He was like, I did the three big yeah. emotions every day. And okay. there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like there no. really isn't. But I mean, I'll, I'll leave it up. I'll leave the meditation up to you. I can't do that. <laughs> I would like it if you invited me. If you could get me to meditate, I'll freaking give you a thousand dollars. It's short. It's definitely it's a short meditation. It's probably about 10 minutes or so. But yeah, so I'm basically going through all of our energy centers. I get a little, I get a little hippy dippy on you, but, um, we go through all the, en- do you do Reiki too? No, no, not Reiki, <laughs> no, it's not that, but it is, you know, an energy healing and it's, you know, these energy centers that are in your body that tend to trap different emotions. So chakras is essentially what they're based off of. I'm not a yoga teacher and I don't teach yoga, so I don't want people to get that confused, but I do believe that the chakras are very interesting and they are like these little energy discs or wheels that are along your spine. And there's some chakras that are very attached to your physical health and well-being. Um, And then there's some that are more the emotional and and spiritual side of things. But I think just by going through each one of those, like like the first chakra, like I said, that's the one that's at the bottom of your spine. And this one is related to the safety and security that you felt as a child, which is relevant as like, if you feel that your safety and security right now is a little rattled, you know, like it's not normal life. We can't go out, you know, we're scared of contracting, you know, the virus or bringing it to somebody else, you know, there's a sense of security that's really rattled right now, which is why you'll revert back to, you know, maybe the comfort foods that brought you comfort as a child, or, you know, some of those things you kind of, you'll go back to that time. And then that sense of security can also be heavily related to the pain and things that you might feel in your, your feet, your ankles and your knees, right? Your roots, your things that keep you grounded, (laughs) your things that, you know, make you feel safe. So it's, it's just a nice little correlation. I think mentally for people just to process some of the emotions, like whether you actually believe that there's this energy centered in you or that feeling unsafe can relate to knee pain. Like that's fine. You don't have to get into that, but I think it's just bringing to the forefront of like, think of some of the things like, do you feel confident and stable right now in life? Do you feel supported? Do you, you know, like, and what are some of those things that come up for you with that? And then we gently move and play around with our feet, knees and ankles because it's fun, you know, and it's all lighthearted and we, and we keep it that way. But yeah, my meditation is short and, and honestly, like, and I allow people to meditate any way they want. Like, I don't make you sit. I don't make you lay down. I don't make you stand. I mean, whatever position makes you feel good. And if you want to keep your eyes open, you keep your eyes open. 
Like we're just there to, and if your mind wanders, your mind wanders. Just you're there to observe. But that's the funny thing about meditation. That's something that I learned that meditation is what is meditation for you. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people think you have to like clear your mind and think of the bear in the cave and all that shit. And in reality too, it's not like that. Some people find there are different forms of meditation in my opinion, you know, and Totally. You and, can move and meditate. You can walk and meditate. It's just observation. If it, you know any of those times where you're people watching and you're spacing out like that's, oh, <laughs> that's yeah. meditating. <laughs> you know, your mind is a lot quieter in that moment than it is just, you know, racing around. Just be Kuwaiti. Go to the avenues and people yeah. watch it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, your, the best at it. <laughs> that's your meditation right there. But dude, totally. you, know, you know what? This might surprise you, but I actually do believe in chakras. Like I used to shit on yes. that stuff all the time. But in reality, okay, chakras have been around for thousands of years. Just like Chinese medicine has been around thousands for thousands of years, which doesn't include eating fucking bats and snakes and squirrels and shit. That's not Chinese medicine. (laughs) I had to throw that one out there. I had to throw throw that one out there. But no, it's been around for thousands of years. Just like, you know, like ashwagandha and, you know, like all these herbs and roots and whatever. And it's like, you know, you got to believe in that stuff. It's been around for so long. And, you know, like, what was it? I think it's acupuncture. Acupuncture, they associate with some of the chakras or whatever, like Uh, acupressure, acupressure. That's what I mean. Acupressure is is more along lines. There's energy. So there's the chakras and then the meridian lines. Yeah. Energy lines within the body. And I'm telling you that shit is real. (laughs) I mean, I believe in it. If it, and you know, people can, you know, believe in it to whatever extent they want, but it, like you said, everything that we need for healing and to keep ourselves well, and that's, you know, mind, body, and spirit. I think a lot of that has been provided here on the earth. Like when I went to Jordan, I remember hiking through there and I remember we were in the mountains and I was asking the mountain guide and, and I was like, you know, when you get sick out here, what, you know, what do you guys do? And he's like, oh, these leaves over here and starts teaching me, you know, about everything that's already in that environment there that is healing. Like this makes your stomach less nauseous. This one, you know, does this. And it's like, everything is there. I think Western medicine is great for trauma. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the the car accidents, the, you know, the major surgeries that, you know, are unexpected and need to happen. I think Western medicine is great for that. But I think for general health and wellness, there's a lot of things that we can be reaching to. Like think of your kitchen as your pharmacy. Oh yeah. No, no, yeah. Who said (laughs) that? Your food can help. Mary Sheila talked about that a lot. Mary Sheila talked about that a shit ton in the episode we did with her. And, you know, I mean, dude, it's true. Like, at the end of the day, if you eat right and you move, your immune system is going to be strong. Like that's just medically proven. So if you're yeah. doing all these things and they fall into place, then you're good. Unless you have like an underlying illness or an underlying sickness or whatever else, then yeah, it makes a difference. But right. in general, right. I mean, like you said, you know, everything's in your fucking kitchen. So, and I don't mean the potato chips. It's it's around. It's around. It's yeah. Things we've been given everything that we need. <laughs> <laughs> they know, right? <laughs> We got we got spoiled. Except for toilet paper for you guys. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, I ordered a, a like seriously I ordered a bidet because I was like I'm down to like a few rolls and I can't find I know you can't find it anywhere around here so I and Amazon I ordered a bidet and I think it comes on Friday. Smart so. dude, that is smart. That is so smart. <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is one of the top things I miss about Kuwait anyway. 
Yeah, dude. <laughs> and no. the toilet sprayers. Right? Dude, it's so smart. And I, I messaged, my, I called my sister. You know, she lives in Boston. I'm like, do you guys still have the bidet that I left there? Because I had, yeah. I, I, I always go to Boston with two. You know, like I have a spare just in case. So I left the spare. She was like, no, Brian threw it out. And I was like, are you kidding me? Why would you throw something like that out? And I bet was, he's kicking himself in the ass know, for that right, now. Dude? I know. And it was one of the fancy ones too. It was like this thing. It turns into a bucket. You put batteries in it. And like, it's all auto. Yeah, dude. It was like, oh, we, we, got some, we got some Mine legit like, ones over here. Mine attaches like under the toilet seat. So like you take the toilet seat off and then like you screw it in like with that. And then yeah, uh, there's like little settings that you can... It's a, it's a fancy one. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I think you can connect it to your hot water too. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. That's the title of this episode. What to do when you run out of toilet paper. Order a bidet. Puforia and bidets. <laughs> but also will help you sort out your online business. <laughs> I know, right? No, and, and like, dude, it's funny because online businesses, except for Amazon, I heard Amazon's not doing too well with the uh, carnivore virus. Like they're uh, up, did, did you call it a carnivore virus? <laughs> oh, I did call it. Oh my god, I did call it the carnivore virus. I was like, the what virus? <laughs> the corona. Um, the, the corona. That's virus. funny. The carnivore. No, virus. I know they've. They're not doing wait, like wait, the two days hold on, hold on, hold shipping on a Wait, wait. Technically, what? it is a fucking carnivore virus because some motherfucker was eating bats or shit. Yeah, or, bats. Or, or yeah, like, or god, like, that's I, so gross. Like they're eating bats, birds, or something, dude. Like, how do you? Ah, it was bats, but I don't. Yeah, that's. It makes my stomach. They flip. say it was bats, but in reality, we really don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was. Watching- you know what? This another reason why I avoid things that fly. I don't eat. I don't eat birds. <laughs> <laughs> you know this. Yeah, I'm, I'm on my way there too. Birds don't settle well with me either. <laughs> There's a reason they call them foul. Uh, (laughs) yeah it's bad so we talked about old people what about marketing to like the younger people like the tweens Mm -hmm. the tweens yeah Yeah. kids what's your perspective i got my perspective on it what's your perspective on it put down the video games and go move um (laughs) with the kids i think i mean like tweens i you need to make it fun for them i think games just get out there i mean i think about like when i was a kid and that age group, I mean, we just used to get outside and make up games. Yeah. Dude, and kids, just, don't, you know, kids, kids don't do that anymore. Shit. Kids yeah, don't do Yeah, I don't know. They, they honestly, they don't. And part of my job, because DJs, you know, we're doing the homeschooling thing right now. So right. part of my job right now is PE. Like, I'm in charge of yeah. his physical education. And one thing that I've been doing is I'm not forcing the rules. Like, all right, here's the baseball, you know, the baseball gear. Here's the basketball. Here's the soccer ball. Here's everything around you. However you want to play with it, that is totally up to you. And literally, he picked up the baseball bat and started hitting off of a tee. And then he was like, Mm -hmm. Dad, throw me a ball. I taught him how to catch, not like catch into the chest, but catch like as in snatching with your hands. And he got it. He picked up that concept. And then swimming. He's been swimming a lot. And you just got to make it fun. You know, if if your kid wants to step outside the rules and pick up the soccer ball to play soccer, let him do it. I mean, he's still learning something. That's the thing about homeschooling right now, too. I think parents are getting worked up about following a curriculum or keeping it as structured as what school was. And I think like exactly the examples that you're giving, you know, a DJ is you guys can play baseball and you can work on maybe some math skills, you know, throughout that counting shit, you know, for his age level. But you can do this with an older kid as well, you know, keeping score and stuff like there's a math lesson in there, even cooking and nutrition, like bake something with them and, you know, teach them about the math involved with that, the science involved with that. You know, there's all kinds of kids. I was on math duty and uh, that lasted a day. Hey, it took me off (laughs) (laughs) because I have the traditional way of sit down, 
do these math problems. And DJ was great about it the first time through. And yeah. I saw that he was, you know, mashallah, he was pretty good at it um, with the easier yeah. questions. So the next day I gave him some hard questions and even Haya looked at him. She's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's only done up to 10. The kid's five. <laughs> and I'm like, he should know how to do five plus one minus two. Like, you know, and she's like, no, he shouldn't. Like he's five years old. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was taken off of that. And she turned it into like what you said. It's game it's structured, stuff, yeah. but unstructured at the same time. Right. He picks You're out playing. the stories. He picks out the letter he wants to do to do pain like painting and art and stuff like he's drawing a lot more pictures of me her and the family and you know she's making she's making it fun for him you want to paint okay let's go paint outside paint on the wall you know it's washable paint and you know she's keeping it unstructured and i'll give parents a piece of advice tire your kid out tire them the fuck out <laughs> that's how they go down they go down at like dj goes down at like 6 30 still and he wakes up at 6 30 in the morning i love it oh, 12 Can, hours damn that's awesome that's great it, that's but, what they need at that age exactly yeah. dude they need sleep yeah. they really do yeah. need sleep but if a kid isn't tired out throughout the day then they mm-hmm. become restless they don't sleep early enough or too bored or yeah. too bored and then they they yeah. have disrupted sleep and it's just yeah. like you have a mess on your hands. Whereas if you are tying your kid out, like some people are just sticking their kids in front of the TV right now. Like I've talked to <sighs> parents yeah. and to each their own. I'm not judging anyone right. because everyone's circumstances are different. And, you know, there are days, there are times where DJ's on the iPad and he's on the TV because you're mm-hmm. a parent at the end of the day. We all make mistakes. Yeah. But we do try and make a point of I at least jump in the pool with him twice a day. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Like that's. Yeah. And it sucks because I don't know what is going on. I've had like the itchiest fucking legs for the last four weeks. And I think it's chlorine. Of, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's because of my uh, knee, my knee sleeves, dude. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think I got some like. You need to sanitize like, those. I know, dude. Like, I, th- I, th- I think my knee sleeves got some like fungo bungo growing on them or some eh, shit. Like, I don't know what's I mean, going on there, but. You just like, soak those in some vinegar and baking soda. Dude, I <laughs> Science did. Science experiment. There you go. I did. The smell won't go away. Like, the smell Ooh. will not go away. So, like, I just stopped wearing them. I was just like, screw it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, and sure shit, since I stopped wearing them, my legs aren't as itchy. Less like, itchy. When, and yeah. it was only itchy when I got into the pool. Like, right when I got into yeah. the chlorine. I thought it was chlorine itch. Because swimmers, swimmers yeah. get that a lot. But I was a swimmer. I'm allergic to chlorine, actually. Like, oh, no shit. I, all the... Yeah. Oh, my face used to break out like crazy if we had for sure on days where it was like two and a half hour practices or meets like weekend meets where you swim Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, my face was just wrecked after that. And I had like no hair on my arms and things like that. It was, yeah, a little chlorine allergy. But going back to the screen time, I have seen some parents doing something which I think is awesome. And I don't have kids, so you guys can take my advice. <laughs> the here. But what I have seen that is exciting is giving them like a bank of hours of screen time yeah, for the week yeah, yeah, yeah. and a kid can either choose to like, so this is a great like financial lesson even for them or a math lesson, but they can choose to do, you know, like a little bit of that each day yeah. or they can like save it up and then just like binge hard on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you no, know, yeah, like yeah, I've heard of that a bunch of screen too, yeah. time. Yeah. I love that one. I think that's great. Look, honestly, I like it and we're doing, we kind of did something similar, but it just totally failed because it right now, well, he's a little young too. And right now, honestly, rules kind of go out the window because when you're at home, literally 24-7, you know, something's got to give at times. And yeah, even totally. with him, 
with your kids right now, like, you know, DJ acts out because he doesn't know what's going on. He's five years old. He doesn't understand why we're staying home. We've tried to explain, you know, what the coronavirus is and germs and all that shit. But he's still like, well, why can't I go? You know, why can't we go to the avenues? You know, why can't we go here? So we try to do our best and we're creating more things like hey wants to create like a little shop so that mm. he earns his money and then we can open up the cupboard and he can buy whatever he wants out of there oh yeah which yeah. i think is a great idea especially now to teach him to do chores and you know get him to totally you know get him to do other things i mean i don't know dude all yeah. i know is uh i've been playing a lot of super mario brothers lately which is awesome <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so. oh man I, was, I don't even have a tv like i, nuts, I have my computer dude. and i i you're can nuts. watch netflix through you that but a, that's it dude, you don't have a tv you're insane man. i don't have a tv yeah i don't have a tv i got a mini fridge i got two little burners i got <laughs> i'm living simple <laughs> what do you watch simple simple life <laughs> this is so embarrassing i've been watching a lot of like drug cartel documentaries and shows narco, narco? <laughs> so I've is gone, it narco or narco i've gone through all of narcos yeah and i'm into the documentaries and stuff so the last one i watched was the el chapo ones um but i'm such a geek like i can i literally can only get in like an hour episode every night because i fact check so hard when i'm watching these shows because i'm like the drama on them are so crazy i'm like yeah. that can't be real that can't be inspired by truth <laughs> and then i go and look it up and then i figure out the details of it i'm like holy shit that did happen yeah, it's insane. But this Tiger King one is everyone seems to be losing their mind over that. So I'm definitely going to have to get into that next. And then Ozarks, I think the third season Ozark's started yesterday. Good, so I'll, def- I'll get into that. Ozark's good. I watched season one. I never finished season two. But yeah, that's, oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah, I like Ozark too. Yeah. Someone did recommend Tiger King to me. And Every, it's so funny. If you want a good book, if you want a good book on drug cartels and shit, Mr. Nice. He, okay. That book was written in 2000 and one 2002 maybe and in the book it said kuwait was the third largest port in the world for trafficking drugs don't know <sighs> yeah um, but i don't yeah. know um but that was a good book totally good what was the name of it again mr nice mr nice i'm totally gonna get that i am yeah the other yeah are you i think we talked about this a little bit yesterday but you don't really read do you <laughs> Or do you? I, I am fucking offended, dude. I am fucking offended. Fuck you. I thought you said, you know, I think I you're asked you, like, what are you reading right now? And you're like, I'm not reading. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> do you have, read? Uh, yes, I'll have you know the last book. You are such a dick. All right. Where is Haya right now? All right. Haya would be cracking up with you. Because when I tell her I read a book, she's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yes, I did. I read a whole fucking book. She's like, I didn't see you read. I was like, well, I read it at work. And she's like, oh, you read a whole book at work. I'm like, over like a month or two. Yeah. But no, I mean, no, I read like, you know, I'll read like magazines and shit. <laughs> magazines and shit. Okay. No, the last, the last book, funny enough, that I read was The Four Agreements by Miguel Ruiz. Great, okay. great book. It's basically four agreements that you make with yourself. And they're pretty like, it's pretty applicable to everyday life. And it's, you know, keep your okay. word. Yeah. Don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. It's simple. It's very simple rules to go by. And he derived the four agreements from like, not Apache Indians. Shit. What was the name of the tribe? Some tribe, but it was a really good book. I mean, okay. Yeah. I'd give that a read. Like if you're into chakras and stuff, like, you know, you should give yeah, that book give a that read. A it's, it's very, it was very impactful for me um, in terms of the way I led my life after that. I don't know, okay. maybe, maybe because I've just become a dad, you know, partly yeah. too. So it was more keep your word with your kid. That's a big one for me. And, you know, I totally. don't take things personally when DJ freaks out and I don't make assumptions, you know, like it's simple things in life that we should practice anyways. But yeah, 
I mean, no, that's a good one. I like that. I'll definitely give that a read. And trainers, tra- trainers should read that shit too. They always make fucking yeah. assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> so hard on them. It's because I've been trainers, reading. Trainers think they know everything, and they don't. They don't <laughs> know shit. <laughs> all right, look. Some some do. With all due respect, yeah. the best trainers that I met are the ones that ask the most questions. Here's, yeah, I was gonna say, here's a good question because this is something that came up in a couple of work meetings that I had this week. But what is the difference between training and coaching? I would say training is more instructions and just giving someone basic instructions to go about and you don't have that interpersonal relationship, whereas coaching is guidance. Does that make okay. any sense? Yeah. I that's how similar, that's, how, that's how, how I would that's how you interpret it. Yeah. yeah. I mean as a Mine baseball is, Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say as a baseball coach, I was in some respects, a guidance counselor for a lot of teens while they were growing up through that age. And I understood that, yes, I'm giving them instructions, but I'm also guiding them through certain parts of their life right now, whether that is, you know, don't quit or keep trying or, you know, just be a good person and whatever. That's how I looked at it. I always looked at it as, you know, I was a guidance counselor, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I would look at guidance, you know, the things that you had mentioned of, you know, I think like the mental kind of stuff you said, like, don't give up and that kind of stuff. I would look at that as more, yeah, like mentorship. Yeah. I yeah, would yeah, yeah, yeah. I would kind of define yeah. it as that. Like training for me is like a specific skill. Like somebody wants to learn how to snatch, I'll train you. Instructions. Like I'll yeah. Instructions. Show you how to, yeah, yeah follow yeah. instructions and, and learn that skill. Coaching, for me, the realization I'm coming around to is it's not past-based at all. It's very future, futuristic. So 100%, yeah. where are you wanting to go? And also trying to assume that the person already knows the answer themselves. And they just like, you just ask questions yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and that sort of way to kind of get them to come around. Because I think it's the most effective when someone feels like they came to the solution or the decision rather than being told, like, think about all the times, like you tell someone, I know we've like struggled this with our parents, like for years, right. Telling my dad, like, you just need to eat this. You just need to do this. And we, you know, give advice and give them the the thing to do. And how often did they actually do it? I know. Yeah. And with my, my dad, it took, you know, a long time for him to come around to it himself. And that took a couple of health scares, you know, for him and people very close to him to finally come around. And so just, I, you know, I kind of just shifted that to being like asking questions, you know, like, Oh, I wonder if you did this, you know, how would that make you feel? (laughs) (laughs) And, and then it was like, he came up with the answer, you know? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that was an interesting conversation I had this week that I thought was good to bring about. It was like for, for people to understand, you know, are you training or are you coaching? I like that one. I like that one. That's an yeah. important one because a lot of people do get mixed up with it. And you, know, mm-hmm. you see it a lot where someone says, oh, you know, I'm a lifting coach. All right. Well, you're yeah. a lifting coach. What else are you doing for your clients besides giving them instructions on how to lift? Are you there for them in their times of need? You know, like right. I reached out to my coach today and I said, dude, I don't know what's going on with me. And the first two questions Mm -hmm. were, how's your sleep? How's your nutrition? Are those intact? Okay. What else could it be? Do you think it's anything else leading up to He brought up up questions. Yeah. All he did was ask me questions. And I was like, ah, right. And you know who my coach, everyone knows who Rob, my coach is Rob. And you know, Rob always does that. He goes, well, how does it feel when you get seven hours of sleep? And I'm like, well, how does it feel when I throw a barbell at your head? And I'm like, dude, seriously, (laughs) like, all right, I know this, you know, like I know these things. And it's just like, they that's they a good coach. Mind you of how important these things are. You know, you can mm-hmm. be the best 
You can be the best mm-hmm. athlete in the world. And you see this. Every great athlete still has a great coach behind them. Even Matthew Frazier. You know, like they oh, all yeah. do. And it's like, you know, it's it's the coaching side of it. It's that interpersonal side. It's whatever relationship you've built. But if your coach, and I say that with the quotation finger thingies, just gives you instructions and they're not there for you in the times of need, they're not a coach. They are a trainer. You know, right. There's a big right. difference. And I saw that with one of my friends. He was struggling with his lifting. He was struggling with his CrossFit. He was struggling with a lot of different things, kept flip-flopping between exercise modalities. And all the while, his trainer, not coach, I'm not going to call him a coach. I'm going to call him a trainer. His trainer just sat back and let it be. Didn't ask him what's going on in your head. Why are you doing this? What is your end goal? Like, dude, this guy never had an end goal. The kid never had an end goal. He never had anything. And I think your coach will set you up for that over a period of time versus... They have to know where you want to go, not yeah. where they want you to go. They have to know where you want to go. Yeah. And that's and that's a big mistake is a lot of people think that they're coaching you know, by giving the structured plan of, let's say, movement or nutrition. And then when the client doesn't follow through, their assumption is, well, you didn't follow my plan and that's why. And it's like, well, why don't they want to follow the plan? <laughs> you know, what's well, not working for them? And do you get any more curious about that or how maybe things need to shift? It's not the same. That might have worked for Sally over here, but that's not going to work, you know, for every single person no, after that. So you have dude. to be, yeah, a little more open minded with that. And watch out for the, uh, the trainers who spew out Mr. Miyagi bullshit. Yeah, that's another one that I freaking um, I can't stand in Kuwait anymore. I don't know if you have it in the States, but like the guys that say, oh, you have to, you know, respect the gym or respect, you know, whatever you're doing. And they try and lay out some friggin, you know, bullshit to like, you know, woo the client in, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, dude, seriously, I think that's man? more yeah, advice giving. And I still wouldn't put that in the realm of coaching. Yeah. I think if you're just spewing out advice, like, great, but that's not coaching. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm typing the coach that does that right now. So Meg can see it. (laughs) (laughs) Shit talking on chat. I know, dude, right? I know. And if anyone anyone wants to know what the chat is, okay, you have to say the name of this episode. Or no, no. What's a good code? And I'll give them the name of the coach that I was just talking about. No! Oh, yeah, come on. Come on. It'll be fun. That's gossipy. That's gossipy. All right. If you want want my gossip, DM me with the word. Maddie will sort it out with you. I want no part of that. shit talk. All right. DM me with the word cake shit talk, and I will give you the name of the trainer. I just told Meg. All right. I can't wait to see how many people actually send that. Dude, I'm still getting hate mail. I love it. <laughs> then you know if you're not what is that if you're not pissing people off then you're, then you're not, not doing, doing something right. you're not doing it yeah exactly i know yeah. but i think that's where we should uh wrap up before i get ourselves into any more trouble over here <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a good spot <laughs> i know right right so uh meg you stay away from the carnivore virus <laughs> <laughs> carnival virus <laughs> whatever the hell we're calling it now i know dude and if, oh, you, if you need man. toilet paper i can send you some from over here like we're fucking stuck that'll up. take like weeks to get here nah i think i'm excited about my bidet i think i'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> that or i just start hopping in the shower i guess <laughs> oh that was awesome and uh everybody i'm gonna give you a little announcer voice before we uh sign out here yeah take us out If you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes, leave us a lit rating and review. And if you do, you might get a picture of me topless. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Watch this demo.
demographic of the <laughs> this older age group that we're trying to get now, Maddie. Didn't you say you had a fan club of older women at uh, what event were you at? Dude, it was no, you were with me in Boston, right? Were you with me? Oh yeah, yes, that's we were right. Walking yeah, on the I was like, Boston. where was that? Yes. <laughs> Dude, that, that lady wanted to pinch my butt. Are you kidding me? Like, I don't know. The old women <laughs> oh, like it. Oh, that they, was they awesome. Dig it. They dig it, man. The old women uh, dig it. If I wasn't married to Haya, I'd probably find me a sugar mama. You know, like. You're hilarious. Hands down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, guys, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah. Take care, guys. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.